on August 8th, 2018, I took a day trip to Phoenix to watch the Phillies play the Diamondbacks. And here's what happened. Vince Velasquez allows four runs in four innings of work. The Phillies lose the rubber match six to nothing. And that was the first game of a 16 and 33 stretch. That was the first of four straight September collapses. That was the first time I ever set foot in Chase Field. The second time was game three of the NLCS. Ty Daubert, I never imagined it could possibly trigger, my attendance at that stadium could possibly trigger something worse. But man, was I wrong. How you doing on this Thursday? Thanks for hopping on. Um, I'm doing all right. Yeah, I, I mean, how could it get? <laughs> That's funny. You think back to those collapses where it's like, how could it get worse? You think last year, like Phillies fans all the time, like all, all I want to see is them to get in and see what happens. Like, how could it be worse than these collapses? And you think to this Diamondback series where they lose in seven games in the National League Championship Series. And for the time being, I think for a lot of people, it is worse. worse. Not, that's not that's not to say that you wish they didn't make the playoffs. Because um, you still, this this season, on the whole, there was a lot of, um, a lot of fun moments. They, they started poorly and, and they turned it around and they win two rounds in the playoffs. They knock off the best team in baseball and the Braves. Um, but the Phillies went up 2-0 after smoking the Diamondbacks at home twice. And then they let two games slip away. And then they went up 3-2 again, returning home for two games. And they got outclassed by the Diamondbacks. Uh, two straight games at Citizens Bank Park. And right now in the city of Philadelphia and, and people who follow this team, for, for them, it, it really stings right now. And the Phillies... After last year, after their Cinderella run last year, it created expectations and they let people down and they didn't play their best in those last two games, especially after both games they lost in Arizona. They outplayed them for the most part and blew it at the end. But I think the showing in those last two games in Philly are uh, they're going to stick with people for a while. So, yeah, yeah, man, we're going to get into it. What? We're going to recap the, the series, the feelings around it, what went wrong, and talk about the season as a, as a whole, eulogize it a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's unfortunate that you were there for, for that game for the first of the, the Kimbrel collapses. Yeah, and it, it, like, crossed my mind. I was like, mm, I know what happened the first and only other time I was here, but, like, again, like, it felt like it was over. Like, and that's, look, that's what that's what that's what gets me like we thought this was over right we yeah. done the whole like they're losers they don't know how to win in the big moments i'm not saying they're totally back to that but i'm not not saying that too it's like you just don't know what to get from them now and like last year they had a 2-1 lead in the world series and like i'm, I'm not going to call that a choke like they were honestly in over their skis for maybe the whole playoff run um, certainly in over their skis when they took a two to one lead against the best team, you know, in the sport. Um, and, and once, once they went up two one, it was like the Astros just kind of said, all right, cute enough's enough, right. We're going to go win the next three. And like they lost in six, but it, when it was all said and done, it didn't really feel like they were all that close. Right. Mm. Except for, you know, or even though they had the, they had that lead and what happened in game five where they like probably, 
you know, was a game that they could have won. But I was like, that that that's not a choke. That's not a collapse. They just lost. This year, when they went into the playoffs, it was like, this is a team that knows how to win in October. Maybe they only won 90 games. Maybe they were bad in the first two months of the season. But this is a team that knows how to win. And there was reason to believe that, right? There was reason to believe that when they beat the Marlins. Not that the, the Marlins are some, you know, world beater but like it's a two it's a it's a three game series you never know then they beat the Braves they they you know kind of owned them um and then they win the first two games against the against the Diamondbacks and it was it was like it again it felt over and then they lose those those two games out in out in uh on the road and then they 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 come back and they strap it up for game five and it's like it just felt like in game five they had said like the Astros said last year this is cute this like you know linsanity run is a term that we 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 throw around a lot is is cute but like that was when they just stepped up and said okay this is like we're gonna put an end to this and it felt like they were gonna do the game the same thing in game seven and they just completely no-showed and it's like (laughs) I don't know it's like are we back at square one where like they're not these like quote unquote winners anymore. And I, I don't even know, I don't know if that's true, but what I do know is like, how can you like the next time they take a two zero lead in a best of seven against a team that they just like outclass and honestly are way better than like, how do you not look back at 2023 in the NLCS and be like kind of nervous? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I don't think the series necessarily makes them like, the losers or the team that can't figure it out because um, in in, like on a grand scale, but I think it does make you skeptical um, that they could (laughs) just completely lose it at any point. Um, The way the offense uh, just did not come through in those last two games, I, I think will linger with people and until they, prove otherwise uh, I yeah any, any lead doesn't feel safe because uh, I think it would be tough for people to not think back to some of the at-bats that this team put together in those last two games with Trey Turner who was on fire to start the postseason and Nick Cassianos who looked like he had it figured out with that like four game stretch where he couldn't stop homering where it's just like they looked like they did at their worst where they can't help but swing at any pitch, even if it's in the other batter's box where JT real Muto, who still had a, a very, very nice postseason um, at the plate after a little bit of a down year offensively is like in, in these spots, is he going to swing at these fastballs that is at his head again? Um, mm-hmm. And what is Bryce Harper going to just miss the the few pitches he gets to hit um, like he did in, in game seven, just missed it versus uh, hitting it over the fence against, against the Padres. I just think it's like after a playoff run in 2022, where for the, up until the world series that every time they needed a big hit, they got it. Um, and it was like that for the first two rounds. And then even the first two games, it just it just didn't happen like that in those last two games, and whether it's fair or not, that's that's going to stick with people. Um, the bullpen, the bullpen stuff specifically with Craig Kimbrell, I think uh, Kimbrell will be a name that mm-hmm. will be remembered here as uh, not like a 
know, it just as as somebody you remember as uh, like oh you know he did he didn't come through he was here for one year he didn't come through even after he was an all star and had a pretty good season mm-hmm. um, it took the Phillies a game or two longer than it took everyone else to realize he just didn't have it anymore and that in a in a series where the margins are are slim that that cost them and he he blew two games out in Arizona and I think if you polled uh the entire fan base Phillies fan base the people covering them even just neutral observers after that game three if you pulled any random people are you going back to Craig Kimbrell in game four um it's probably like 95 percent no in the polls and uh that 5% would uh, probably only be like the Phillies coaching staff. I think everybody else knew that it was, that it wasn't tenable anymore and the Phillies waited too long and it burned them. And that's how it goes in a seven game series. You can think back to a a bunch of moments innings and when too many of them don't go your way, that's how you get upset. And it's what happened to the Phillies. It's very unfortunate because they had built a lot of confidence, a lot of goodwill in in the city and among their fans. And I think, yeah, people are just, they feel like they got let down and they did. Yeah, they did. I mean, this, um, we, we talked about it before the playoffs started. We were like the wild card series. They should get through the NLCS. They're going to play either the Brewers, the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers, whoever they play, they should beat. And then in the world series, it wound up being the Rangers, which is they're a good team you know, 91 team that I think they could have beat. It was just like, we were like, get through the Braves. I was thinking that the NLCS would be the easiest round of the playoffs. And uh, yeah. I don't know if I was wrong. Like, <laughs> I think they were the easiest opponent. They they showed that in the first in the first two games. And uh, yeah, the wheels just completely fell off. I mean, I've I've never seen an offense go from that on fire. They scored 10 runs in game, game, game two. And then they went out west to Phoenix and they what one run in game three five yeah five one, one run one run on on a on a wild pitch yeah on a wild pitch exactly um five runs in in game four but it was like they scored a few early and then just stopped um they had a you know five two lead in like the seventh inning and then they just couldn't pile on there um and i think i think it was it was not just the way that the offense cratered and the way that the team and i didn't even you know say obviously one run in game 6 and two runs in game 7 but it it, it wasn't just the fact that the offense cratered and all that it was like they they and I, I i try not to make too much of this stuff but didn't they didn't it feel like they thought 20 it was it was over and i'm not talking about like the beeline at the pool comment because like i don't know i think there's a chance that that was taken out of context but like Cause you know, guys, guys, guys joke about that stuff all the time, but like Christopher Sanchez, like forgetting how many outs there are in game, in, in game four, uh, Boehm trying to take the extra base on the, on the ball he put in play in game four, mm-hmm. uh, gets thrown out at second in an inning where I was saying like, they need to score three runs there and just put this game out of reach. And they scored two and look at that. They lost six to five. If you remember mm-hmm. the outs there, you allow five. If you don't try to take the extra base there, I mean, it, it it would take them hitting a sack fly and they still had a chance to do that, but they didn't. But like, if you have a guy on third with nobody out, you expect that guy to score. There's, there's a run you scored that you did not score. There's a run you allowed that you, you know, did not have to. They lost by one. If you flip that, they win game four. And of course, things play out 
you know, it's completely random, but like if you flip those runs, you win game four, you're up three, one Zach Wheeler on the mound in game five. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. the, yep. it's not, I guess now it's like you're, we're, we've seen too much to say it would have been over, but like, they just, they did not need to let them back into the series and they did. Yeah. What do you think? Maybe we should get into this. Um, when people think back to this series, um, I think like in a way, like what do you think are the lasting images and moments of this series where like the bone for, like cracking yeah. his bat or spiking his bat in game seven was uh I mean that one certainly was especially because we I mean when was the last time we saw him do that? He kind of you know, we know that he plays you, la- last year last year against either the Angels or the Marlins, I think. Do you remember he, he cut himself with his bat after smashing? Yeah, it actually, in the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it That's seems right. like it's it's been a while, and it seems like that was a thing he used to do all the time, and now he doesn't do it anymore. I think it was just... against the the Braves. Maybe he hit into a double play and he fired his helmet to the ground. But mm. yeah, mm-hmm. and even he even homered in in Game Seven. But yeah. just like not yeah. a good series from him. He's miscast yeah. as a as a four hitter, and it kind of when when the offense isn't clicking and the stars aren't homering. The way they were early in the the postseason, I think um, some of the flaws of the lineup were exposed um, in terms of like walking and a little bit of added power. Like there was a pretty obvious like Reese Hoskins sized hole in the lineup. Yeah. Um, but as to stay on the topic of like what people remember, the lasting images, I think Bohm smashing his bat, cracking it, taking it taking what he had left into the dugout and firing it at the bat rack that that'll be one i think um yeah the Rojas strikeout and the castellanos strikeout in the yeah fourth. yeah um the kimbrel the the walk-offs the walk-offs uh the walk-off uh, against kimbrel and um guess the um the blown leads in general in in arizona i think that'll stick with it's tough. What do you think will stick with people more, like as they remember it, the blown leads in Arizona or the offense going cold in at at home? Because they're like two separate things. The, the offense was cold yeah. at, in Arizona too, but I think those ones sting a little bit more um, because they weren't able to get the late leads and just coming home. I think you would expect them to be able to put on a little bit more of a show. Yeah, I would say the same. I would I would go with the offense, and it's because, uh, it, I mean, it was a place where, like, they felt invincible. They they hadn't mm-hmm. lost there against a team that was not playing in its like seventh world se- or fourth world series of the past seven years, and you know would go on to win the championship. They hadn't lost to a team, not like that, all yeah. year and all of last year. I mean, really. They, yeah, they hadn't lost. They hadn't lost in the. NL playoffs at home since 2011 for the series. Yeah. Yeah. And even the 2011 team that they lost to, they, they went on to win the world series mm-hmm. and the 2010 team. So like, it was like, they felt invincible and it was, you saw in the first two games, they, they were looked like they were playing on a, they, they were playing a totally, you know, separate sport. And then they just, they just, they just no showed. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think the reason why that one's the more lasting thing is like, what the 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 blown leads in in Arizona were obviously bad, but 
with all of that happening and everything that happened there and all the blown leads and all the Kimbrel and all the offense and the bone play and the Christopher Sanchez play, they go out and they win game five. And at that point you're up three, two with a chance to come home when one of two games at home and you're in the world series, mm-hmm. all of that said, like you have a golden opportunity. That's all you should have needed. And then like they pitched okay. in games five and six, like Nola wasn't at his best in game six, but I mean, they allowed what five runs. Like that's a game that you should be able to compete in. And then in game yeah. seven, they allow four runs. Um, that's, that's what's going to, that's what I'm going to remember. Yeah. What, and another lasting image, I, I think Harper, like literally almost, almost the exact same situation, almost yeah. the exact same spot in the field. Um, as the game five against the Padres last year, instead of hitting the ball out to the opposite way, he flies out to the the warning track, just missed it. And uh, it's hard to tell with his reactions when you're watching on TV sometimes, because sometimes like he'll just stand there. Like the first mm-hmm. home run off the Braves in like the Attaboy Harper game. Mm-hmm. Um, like I thought he literally hit a foul to move sometimes where and he didn't move and i was like does that mean he got it does that mean he's mad and uh he, he just missed it and uh yeah that'll that'll sting that ball in the air i think people had some hope but just just short wasn't able to to do it um what do you what do you think are some moments well as we move on from the lat like the lasting images what moments do you think are like if they won the series like people would have remembered this um kind of like wasted moments or, or the fact that they lost meant that people aren't going to remember it that you thought were like key contributions or moments or like from from the regular season or from from the NLCS from, from like literally from this series like was there anything like I think the first two games in general Wheeler. probably Wheeler. yeah it's got to be yeah, just Jack Wheeler I mean yeah that was like that was legendary like he was incredible in game one incredible in game five in like the biggest start of the season the biggest start of his career the biggest game for the team since like game five well i guess that was just last year but like game five of the world series last year but other than that like the biggest game for the team since 2011 game five like a, a long time and he was just he was incredible they needed not only did they need excellence they needed you know length and he length, gave them yeah. he, he gave them seven innings and then he 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 comes back in Game Seven on two days rest after throwing ninety something um, in in Game Five, and he shuts. It's like you were thinking, yeah, he's great, but like his you know, he's coming out of the bullpen. He's never done this ever, and he's probably gassed. Of course, he's just going to dominate, and he dominates, mm-hmm. and he 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 gets them into the ninth, and he gave the offensive chance to come into that game, and they they didn't take it. Um, yeah. yeah, that that one's that one's the one for me where I'm like, man, people, and not just these fans, but like the the baseball community at large. Like everybody talks about Madison Bumgarner as as they should. They won the World Series, and what what he did in 2014 was like, you know, in in a planet of its own. But like what Wheeler did in the NLCS was, you know, it was special, the same yeah. kind of special. And for what? Yep. Oh. oh. All for for not. Um, I think not. It's not on that level. I think you people are almost going to forget like how fun those first two games were because mm-hmm. the, they were just like a like a party. They were dominant, and 
it was it was pretty incredible. Another thing, like Brandon Marsh had some like big moments that end up not yeah. feeling big. Like he was a game four. Game four, he tied it with like the double off Saul yeah. Frank, right? And he hits that. Um they go down in they go down in game six and he and he ropes one and ends up getting a second and it started to feel like, oh, are they going to come back? And the rest of the offense uh, sputtered. But Marsh, like he was hitting everything on the line this series. Um, yeah, in the ball really didn't hard. He have a, didn't he have a hit in the in the in the fourth inning rally of Game Seven? Was it the fourth or the fifth? It, I think it was it was the fourth. Yeah, did he have yeah, a hit another hit in that in that in that rally? Which I guess is kind of a segue because I I, I want to see what you what you think about that. Um, the Castellanos punch out was bad, but I'm like, I don't know what else. Like from a managerial standpoint, there's nothing that they can do there. He was hitting seventh. Um, yeah. He, he even said after the game, he was like, I wanted too much to get the runner in from, from third um, rather than like trying to see what he's going to throw me first, which like good, mm-hmm. great for the, you know, accountability. But like, that's been an issue since the first month of last year. So I'm not, I'm not quite yeah. sure what to say about that, but then, then with the Rojas at bat, um, wh- what do you, what do you make of that? I'll, I'll just say I was kind of shocked. Um, especially when, when, when Pache came in in the seventh and pinch hit for Rojas in a big spot, I'm like, Hmm. So you're willing to do that. You're willing to take the defense. And this yeah. is like, this is an offense that needs, that needs some life and needs something. And it's like, it isn't like you're, you're trading good center field for bad outfit. It's like you're trading otherworldly glove for like just incredible glove, you know? Yeah. So I guess like, um, I would have pinched it for him. I was also surprised that they didn't, I guess um, when you're like, Oh, this offense needs life. Like, let me insert Jake cave to hit right now like that's not really inspiring you but yeah. with two outs like cave's probably getting out but i think like you yeah you need more there you need to do what you need to to get more there because rojas was just bad at the plate uh in in this series um i think rob thompson like in this series after you know, like that game one of the Brave series, and you think back last year, the way he operated the bullpen, like there was just a sense of urgency in some previous series that I don't think was there in the NLCS. Um, that that pinch hit opportunity, um, there were games six and seven, like it's only a matter of a couple batters, but he he let um both starters face Corbin Carroll a, mm-hmm. a third time. And when other pitchers were, were warming up that um, it just didn't make sense to me. And both times it ended up in, um, in the Diamondbacks scoring and, and Carroll coming through, he left Nola in for two batters too long. I thought in, in game six and then, and then Ranger gives up a, another hit to Carroll where it's like, these margins are are thin and he's he just had been so aggressive with the bullpen usage and i know that they really taxed those guys in in this series and had to piece together outs and but in a game seven where all of your good relievers were set to go and Mm -hmm. you have lefties that can that can face him 
and he had two hits off off Ranger Suarez already. Like, what are you what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Yeah, that that felt like a Matt Strom spot. Um, yeah, I mean, and you, both, you, in you both won- of those games, I thought. Yeah. Both had had Strom yeah. written all over it. Yeah, you want the left on left matchup, so like that's why they probably left in Ranger. But like Matt Strom, they've been talking all year about how good, how how well he 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 works with those dirty innings. Um, and it's it's true he's gotten out of seemingly like all of them. Uh, Corbin Carroll was already two for two, and Matt Strom like didn't really factor into the game plan that much as a whole. He ended up coming in for the last two thirds of an inning of the ninth coming in for Zach Wheeler, which kind of surprised me in the moment too, but it didn't really matter. Um, yeah, it was, I, I, I kind of thought that that would be a spot for him too. And then it burned them there. Then they go to Hoffman and that's the game. Like It was a three, two game in the fifth and that was all they needed. Yeah. I was kind of surprised by that too. Um, obviously hindsight's 2020 and if they get out of it, it's like, Oh, it was a great call, but yeah, it was, it was the, the, the formula that worked for them in game one and worked for them last year until the Alvarez home run in game six, it didn't really feel like the game plan this year. Yeah. Um, Jose Alvarado kind of didn't quite have it at the end of this series, the same way it happened in the uh, world series last year. And it's like, he's still one of the best relievers in the game when, when he has his stuff and he's healthy, but I guess it's not, I don't know. It's a maybe it's something they have to balance a little more next year, where it's like you do want to be aggressive, but maybe the workload is getting them in the playoffs because they hand him the ball in a lot of spots and uh, and he does a lot of up and downs, um, kind of wraparound innings. So I don't know. He I know he says he wants the ball and um, he'll do everything he can, but the effectiveness now two years in a row has kind of gone down. Um, I guess. Something to watch in 12 months, assuming they make it back. Yeah, and, and the bullpen came down to just two guys again. That's that's what it was last year. Yeah. And the same thing happened this year. They had two guys that they could like really trust. And I still – and I think you could throw Strom like in maybe like a, a yeah. tier just below that. Yeah. But, yeah, when it came down to it last year, you kind of go in – last year you're like, oh, like, you know, it, it was weird because Sir Anthony was a question mark going into the playoffs. But it was like just flipped they switch. have Alvar, they have Alvarado and they have Eflin and they have Bilotti and Brogdon, um, but then when it came down to it, it was like oh you probably can only give the ball to Sir Anthony and Alvarado and be super confident and it was like that again where even though Hoffman gave up that homer to Austin Riley but otherwise he was lights out in any spot whether it's the third inning whether it's the seventh inning um whether there's guys on or it's a clean inning whether he's throwing multiple he was so so good this postseason like so good and they picked him up off the street he was pitching to bryce harper in like sim games and he was so he was so good um it's yeah pretty Pretty incredible stuff, and I guess at the least you have you had those two guys again that you could go to. Um, but yeah, the depth wasn't quite what you would hope. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, and they to get back to the 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 Kimbrel of it all. It it felt like all season they were like he's thirty six, whatever, thirty four, thirty five, whatever he was. 
He's on a one-year contract. Let's just see how much we can squeeze out of him. And it didn't, it felt like it, you know, at least somewhat made sense because he was, he didn't really ever figure, like when you started the season, he didn't figure to be one of the top three or four guys in the pen. But then he started pitching well and he was super effective. And it almost it, it felt like they almost just kept on saying, let's just keep on riding it. And again, it's a it's a one-year contract. You know, it's not like a great way to to and I'm not saying this is like necessarily absolutely the case, but that's just what it what it what it felt like. He hadn't thrown that many innings since 2011 or whatever it was, a long time. And they tried to ease up on him in September, uh, toward the end of the regular season. And, you know, he got some days off here and there, but I wonder if if the workload from the regular season just caught up to him in the in the NLCS. And yeah. This like but even the, in the velocity like was still kind of there, the command wasn't, and it was uh I don't know. It maybe he's just old and he doesn't have the same stuff anymore, or maybe it's yeah, just that's, that's what happens. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. They they, they, knew, they, they had lot, to have they had to have known they were it's not like it just showed up in the NLCS. Like think of the Acuna flyout in the NLDS, like that situation, they knew they were playing with fire. Um, even if he did settle down, like he almost he almost blew that game in the NLDS because he threw a pitch to the backstop, and then Acuna just missed one. Like they have they have known, they had to have known. They've been watching it that these outings have not. They have been shaky, even when the results are there, and that he is not. That he was not lights out, and especially after Game Three, it's like you just—it's hard to believe they went back to him, and then we're shocked that it didn't work. It's then they bring out the light show in 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 Game Six. Yeah, you were there, like, right? I was. Why? So like, there's no way he is glad that they did that. Like, who who benefited from? As he know. comes in down four runs in the eighth inning, they're flickering the yeah. light. Yeah, it would be it'd, it'd be one thing if they had a one or two run lead to hold. Then you're like, all right, let's let's you know give him some confidence. But yeah, I don't know. And I guess it wasn't a thing that they've been doing all season either. They started doing it like they started August it or September. Yeah, they uh, probably around the All Star game. I would imagine. Maybe they yeah. were. Maybe they thought that. Well, never mind. Maybe maybe they thought that the reason why he struggled on the road was because they didn't have the light show and they were like, can <laughs> yeah. snap, you know, get him back in the zone. Switch. What do you make of the of the lineup stuff with Bohm cleanup? Um, kind of the same thing we saw last year when Castellanos was hitting fifth or sixth, and they they sank or swim with it. And in both cases, they well, okay, I, I guess I shouldn't say that because he did hit the home run in Game Seven. I'm I, I don't know if that's like some some like blanket vindication because there was still games three, four, and six when you know he had some big opportunities and didn't 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 come through. And even in in Game Seven too. Um, what do you what do you make of all that? I know it's like the Rob Thompson philosophy, but it didn't work. Yeah, Real Madrid should have been batting fourth, in my opinion. Um... He had, a, he had a good postseason. I know I said that already, but he, he was good. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have been bad in cleanup. Just the 4-5 didn't pack enough punch from like a like a threat of power. Um, yeah, they just – it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. The lineup felt on their off days. It's like, yeah, they uh, probably could have traded for an outfielder who could hit. Like that's what really, what really hit too. And Rojas is incredible with the glove, but 
man, when you're going to hit worse than a pitcher in a, in a DH league, like can't be shocked when you're not scoring that many runs in certain games. Like that's, that uh, comes, comes down to that. And Rojas had a good rookie year and I think he'll be able to build on it, but um, it's, it's, it's weird to me. Bryson Stott as a rookie, like they were platooning him with Edmundo Sosa in the playoffs because he just wasn't there. And the defense is spectacular, but they, they rode the Rojas thing a little too hard, stuck to their guns a little bit too much. And um, it's tougher because there wasn't anyone that good on the bench hitting wise or like otherwise you would be if, I don't know who the answer would be, but well, you had a, a, you 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 texted me uh, what the answer could have been shortly what? after the end of the the. <laughs> you said they were a Matt a Matt Veerling short. Yeah, yeah, they were they were. If they had somebody like Matt Veerling, you would just be like, if they had somebody as good as Matt Veerling, um, I think you would have just been like, yeah, Rojas is incredible, but like you can live with Martian center and have somebody who can actually hit in left field. Uh, they didn't quite have that. Like cave isn't good enough for it most likely. Um, so it makes it a little bit tougher. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, if you had somebody like literally that good, if they traded for somebody um, who could remotely hit, um, you probably live with like, the defense but when it is like your options are jake cave who isn't that good and christian pache who's not really good at hitting it's like okay i guess you live with the you go down with the the guy who's amazing at defense but i don't know it's the lineup was just a, a little thin when the stars stopped carrying especially when some of them uh like turner or cassianos like we're putting together super 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 unproductive at bats yeah, and there's like there's a there's a part of me that has a hard time, you know, creating too much fuss about the bench because it's like, sure, you can pinch hit Cave or Pache for Johan Rojas there and they can come through. But like ultimately at, at the end of the day, when your stars, you know, fall off the face of the earth in games three, four, six, and seven, like they did, um, it's you know, there's kind of uh like an insurmountable mountain to climb. At the same time, if you do get a two run knock there in the fourth inning and you score two more runs, like what is the concrete impact of your stars being cold? Yeah. Maybe they don't score any more runs the rest of the game, but like you're in that game. And if you can hold on to win that game with the bullpen, the way that they pitched and you win that game, like you don't need any, any more runs. If you have a beginning there, you, you survive mm -hmm. and you're in the world series and now you never know what can happen. So it's like a, it's like a, yeah, they, they lost because the stars went ice cold, but also there's a world where you can survive within yes. that cold. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't. Yeah. Which is like, and, and I, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording here, but it's like, sometimes that's just what, what happens. And I don't know if, you know, again, maybe they're not like back to being the losers that they were, but I, I mean, I still think even if that's not the case, it's impossible to trust them until they win just because of, you know, you'll look back on this and be like, wow, I can't, I can't, you know, look past that. Um, it was a bad collapse. They, they absolutely choked. I, I don't know if it feels like some kind of organizational wide failure, like something that's going to set them back for 10 years. Um, they've, they've made strides in the last few years in terms of just operating like a normally functioning team. Um, I still feel like they're 
have good leadership. Maybe there were some some roster holes toward the end of the season, but it's not like, you know, it it, it didn't feel like it was an indictment on the way that the Phillies have been operating for the last, you know, two or three years or so. It just felt like they went cold at the wrong time and they're probably going to be back and it's going to be hard to get over this. But, you know, it's it didn't it didn't seem like. You know, I'm 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 not. I guess I'm not calling for the whole front office to be like replaced or yeah. have some kind of like epiphany, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, I I think it's that they did disappoint, but I think they're in a decent spot, depending how this offseason goes, to compete again next year and be in a, a similar spot and potentially win a World Series if if things go right. I think the unfortunate thing is, um, kind of the the love affair between the yeah. fans and the crowd and the team um, will not quite be the same as it has been for the last um, 12, 13 months or so. It, it's going to feel a little bit different, um, but that's, that's what happens when your team, uh, when your team disappoints you as a fan, you start to doubt them a little bit. Like you think back to, uh, I don't know, an easy comparison is the Sixers it has not been the uh the bunch of years in a row the way it um has been for the Sixers like with the Phillies but you think back to the first couple years of Joel Embiid's career and the first year where it's Embiid and and Ben Simmons where everybody loves them everybody's all in and then a, a couple playoff collapses go your way even if the team is still good and in the playoffs, it just becomes harder and harder to trust them. And it's up to the Phillies to make sure it doesn't get to that point where people are so skeptical because they do have a good team and these playoff crowds are different and they need to be able to perform in the playoffs consistently if they want to make sure that um, they keep that same energy and, and keep it rolling in the future because they should still be able to compete for another another couple of years here. I don't. It's not over or anything, like you said. It's not that the organization is going downhill. They just um, they didn't come through when when they shut off. Yeah, they need to they need to win a World Series. I I think yeah. it's that it's that simple. I think last year was fun, uh, you know, to get there, and they were kind of happy to <clears throat> happy to be there. Uh, this year, I think that was. That it was it was gone. It was like you got to go win it now. And I think if it if it wasn't true this year, it's certainly true this year. And if it was true this year, it's even more true next year. Um, so yeah, it's um, yeah the whole like the love affair the love affair thing. I think you're right. It's kind of over. I think people are just going to be like, you know, the season starts in the NLCS or it starts in October in 2024, and it's like you're going to have to go win it all and it's 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 going to be hard to buy into the regular season and oh like they're going to win 98 games or they're going to win 90 and just barely you know squeak in and it's like i don't know it we say that every year i'm I'm sure we probably say that after the world series last year it's like how can you care about the regular season and of course you know you're right back there on april 1st or whatever it is and you're like but i don't know it just it just feels like um there's 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 going to be a cloud of mistrust that they're going to have to shake and to me yeah. there's only one way that they can shake it and that's by yeah. winning a title at the same time um if this core of players like i don't i don't know how you really define this core of players if like nola and hoskins 
end up leaving at the end of the year. I guess Harper and Real Muto basically is like what you would consider it at that point. But if this general core, uh, like this this team, um, makes the playoffs like one or two more times with one more NLCS run or a World Series run, um, it would like pretty definitively be like the third best stretch in team history. So while I agree that like there should be some skepticism and mis not just skepticism and like they're gonna have to prove it to be like really buy in that you're that they're gonna win the championship. Um, people should enjoy the regular season and the playoffs mm-hmm. what they are because it's not every day the Phillies are are any good. In fact, they're usually pretty bad on a larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, they're generally very bad. Um, like if, if you zoom out and the fact that they can't, can compete for a world series, even if you have to squint a little bit going forward, because other teams are going to be good and they're getting a little older and have some impending free agents. Like this, um, this team is good and you should enjoy it. Even if it, they end up disappointing you in the end, that means it's probably because you we're watching a good team that you believed in, which uh, the Phillies have in their history have not provided a ton of. Uh, like it's not, it it is not every day that the Phillies make the playoffs two years in a row and go to the World Series and NLCS. And if they make it again, even if um, you gotta be a little more cautious and it's not gonna be as happy go lucky. Um, Definitely, definitely don't overlook it and be like, oh, I'm I'm done with the the Phillies because it's yeah. it's a good time when when the baseball team is good in Philly and it's it's just not every day it's just not every day you never know like after in 2011 people were probably like people were upset that they got knocked out but I don't think people expected to not make the playoffs again for a decade and. Uh, you don't quite know when it's going to end. So it sucks. The The way this ended sucks, definitely. But they have a good team, and they got to make the right offseason moves. But they they should be right back in it next year, even if um, they're going to have to prove it to you first to, to really buy in on, on the title. Yep, well said. I think they will be back in it. I think there's no reason to believe that they won't. Uh, it'll just... Yeah, as you said, they're they're gonna need to they're gonna need to finish the job. At some point, you got to finish the job, and um, mm-hmm. didn't happen this year. And yeah. uh, <laughs> we'll see if it happens next year. Any final thoughts here? We'll get into off season stuff. They have some qualifying offers to hand out, and then you know, week after the World Series ends, blah blah blah. But we'll probably do that at a later date. Anything else from the series from the season? Um, a little post post mortem here that we should touch on before we log off. One of my favorite things, uh, like I don't know if anyone else has noticed this or cared about this at all. One of like my favorite end of season developments for the Phillies is that they designate or they optioned Rodolfo Castro to the Stay Ready camp in Clearwater, and he never actually went. He just stayed in the dugout and he celebrated. And after that one home run in Arizona, Christian Pache was like literally beating him up, like punching him. Um, <laughs> And he just like, he didn't need to stay ready. Like he was just there to have a good time. And I thought that was very funny. 
I didn't even know they optioned him. I guess it makes sense because he was with the team, yeah. but not not on the rosters. Yeah, they optioned him because uh, they brought Wilson back up like the last weekend of the of the season. They brought Western Wilson up, so they they optioned him to the stay ready camp. But he he was in no way staying ready. Uh, he was just hanging out. You know who was staying ready? I, I'm going to end this on a really dark note. You know who was yeah. staying ready? Reese Hoskins. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It yeah. It, it is. It's disappointing that he at least didn't have a shot to come back for a World Series. It would have been like literally like one of the coolest things to happen in like Philly sports history if he was able to come back. And you can imagine a world where they uh, win the World Series and he even if he gets an at bat like not to do like I'm not trying to like do fanfic right now, but a world where like he gets an at-bat and walks and like they pinch run for him and his runner comes around to score and they win the world series and he just like feels like he was a part of it like even if he leaves i think he can feel good about that and he leads the parade like pat burrell on his way out put him in the first float um i don't know even a rusty reese hoskins like probably should have been on that nlcs roster imagine if i don't know i there was there was no use. There was no real reason to have Jake Cave on the roster. And like, I think he, I think the only game he got into was game seven, unless I'm missing something. Maybe he came in game two late when it was like a blowout. But I mean, if there's, if there's that little value in having somebody on the roster, yet they still put him on the roster over, over, over Hoskins. I think it kind of tells you that they just did not think that he could, he could contribute. I Like maybe it's impossible to know from our perspective, but it's like, would you rather have Taiwan Walker or like a chance to send Reese Hoskins to the plate in the fourth inning, bases loaded in game seven? Uh, sure. But, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I believe if he got an at-bat in one of those games in the World Series, as you said, and he walked and he, you know, they, they came out and blah, blah, blah. I think that would technically be a plate appearance. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. Oh, man, that I think is all the time we have here on this edition of the <laughs> Phillies Nation podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and all postseason and all season. Uh, we will be back at a later date to talk play or to talk offseason and 2024 and what the Phillies might look like moving forward. But don't think anybody is quite ready for that yet. And that's totally understandable. One quick question, Ty, are you going to watch the World Series this year? Of course. Of yeah. course. Have a have a. Halloween party for game one. So we'll be kind of checking in on some, some scores, watching a little bit, but yeah, man, like if I'm not working, I'm not, I have nothing going on. I'm going to be, going to be tuned in. Yeah. Rangers in six, five. Diamondbacks in seven. Wow. Wow. Never seen that before. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. Thank you everybody for tuning in. We will talk to you next time.